Good day and welcome to today's Capital One Teachable Tuesday webinar hosted by NAI CIDA. We kick off our monthly NAI CIDA webinar series for this academic year with today's webinar, Preparing for the Spring Like Never Before. We decided to make this an open discussion on the Zoom platform, so be sure to share your questions and contribute. Please welcome our presenters, Jarek Wolcott from the University of Northern Iowa, Mike Safford from College of Idaho, and Jeff Melton from Vanguard University. I am Zachary Shore from Madonna University and will serve as the webinar moderator today. We appreciate you joining us. Before we begin, we'd like to say a quick thank you to corporate partner Capital One, presenting sponsor of COSITIS continuing education series. As a reminder, this on-demand webinar will be posted later today on COSITIS.com and COSITIS YouTube channel. Please invite your colleagues to listen and watch the on-demand webinar as it is free to everyone. We encourage you to submit questions you have. Place your questions and comments in the chat box and your questions will be addressed throughout the webinar. Um, this webinar, we are also gonna run slightly different than maybe some of the other ones you've been on previously. Um, our presenters are each gonna take a couple minutes to share some of the ways that they're preparing for the spring and some of the difficulties we all know we will encounter this spring. Um, but we also want this to be a collaborative experience. Um, so after the guys, Jeff, Jarek, and Mike are done presenting, you know, we're gonna open the floor. I ask that you raise your hand or put, put something in the chat. Let me know that you have something you'd like to say. We'll unmute you and then you can go ahead and have the floor. I just, I want this to be a time when all of us can come together and share ideas on, you know, how you're preparing for the spring what you're doing right now and maybe, you know, for instance, I know us at Madonna, we have a day where we're gonna have four different venues going with five sports playing on the same day. You know, how, how are you handling um, maybe some tough scheduling situations? So um, we'll open the floor after they're done and hope, hoping to hear several different ideas from everyone out across Cosida. So um, with that, I'll go ahead and we'll get started with Jarek Wolcott, let him uh, take it away. Hey guys, uh, first of all, I just want to say uh, hi to all my NAI guys. I'm seeing a bunch of names that have a lot of people that I know care about and appreciate their work and, uh, you know, collaborated a lot of, with you guys on, on things, especially my guys from um, that were in the, in the frontier and in the Cascade conferences. And I appreciate you guys excited to see you and, uh, and to, to work with you. Uh, second, I'd like to say that, especially for those, those small school guys, the NEI guys, and you know, it's gonna be really, um, it's gonna be relevant to the, to the D2 and the D3 guys as well. But you know, when, when you think about doing a lot with a little and with a short amount of time, I think you guys are far better prepared for this than, than a lot of the bigger schools. Um, you know, when you get into the smaller FCS schools down, you guys are in positions where you are having to do a lot with, with not a lot of time. And so I think you guys are going to be, um, obviously, it's a, it's a much longer period than your standard crossover, but you guys are going to be better prepared for this than I think you realize going forward. Uh, for, for us, the key has been preparation. Um, you know, we did have that six months of no sports and and of course, during that time, you can't just go silent. So we've been thinking of different ways to, to come up with content, new, new ideas, different things. And um, we, we've seen our numbers uh, continue to grow as far as our content um, on social media and on the website. And, and so we're really excited about where we're at with content. But again, it comes back to, are you ready? And so, you know, we've, we've gotten ahead of our, our media guides and, and gotten ahead on some of the things that we're doing. Um, we've gotten our game notes laid out. So that information that goes in those media guys and, you know, that might change is, you know, for example, we have our volleyball media guide done. Well, then volleyball got moved to the spring. Well, then we lost two starters and that is going to change a lot of that information in there, but it's, it's a much easier to, to take two kids out of a, of a media guide than to try to build the whole thing. So, don't sit back and wait for something to happen. Do the best you can with what the information that you have right now and get going. Uh, 
so that's that's been really our main strategy is to to get going now uh look for those opportunities whether it's a community member that that might be able to help you out uh maybe your radio guy can expand what they're doing if you could throw them a couple bucks and and ask them to do something different um or to to do a little bit more you know of course safford is the radio guy and and everything else um but look for opportunities with um, you know, find the, try to identify the intern that can take on more responsibility. Um, there's going to be times when we do not have um, a, a full-time staff member to cover um, all the, everything that we have going on. So we're going to need to lean on some interns and expect them to, to rise to the level. But again, it comes back to setting them up to succeed. You don't want to put them in a position where they're going to fail. Um, so uh, it, it's, Again, it's it's prep work. It's it's doing everything possible. Now, personally, I was the idiot that um, didn't family plan very well, and we're going to have a baby on February twentieth, twenty fifth, and uh, football season is expected to start on the on the twentieth here, um, and then uh, we're going to host the indoor track and field championship on the twenty seventh. So, if anybody wants to come, you know, help out for that week, I'm more than happy to accept any any visits, but. Um, no, we're, we're excited for the spring. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome for our fans. And I think the same for you guys. Um, when you have those days with three, four games going, five, six games happening the same day, and they can go, hopefully, um, if crowds are let in, go from event to event and, and participate in that. I think it's going to be really fun for them. Um, but, you know, again, it comes back to setting yourself up to succeed, setting your interns up to succeed, setting, finding community members that can help out. Maybe you have a, a – a guy in town or a gal in town that was a retired SID that um, they might be not be able to do a lot of the social media stuff, but they can write a, a game recap for you. You know, it's, it's looking for those opportunities and looking for the resources that you might not have needed to go to in the past, but maybe you need to right now. So that's, that's my take right now. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of really talented people in this room and I think you're better prepared than you think you are. Um, we're all going to be nervous coming into the spring. Uh, but, you know, when I, when I think about SIDs, I think a lot about, um, this is kind of a weird analogy, but about nurses. When you think about, I, I grew up in a really small town in Northwest Montana. And when I talked to nurses, they would pump nurses through there a lot. They would, a nurse would get a job, stay for a couple of years and then move on. And I talked to the doctor and he said, the reason why we go through nurses so quickly is because hospitals love to hire nurses from small hospitals because they know how to do a lot. They, they are very versatile in what they do. And I've, I've had to be more versatile in this position now um, than I have been since I was at Carroll because I have to be able to, to do a lot with a little in a, in a short amount of time, you know, with budget cuts and everything going on. We lost our photographer. We lost the, you know, the university photographer. We never had an athletics photographer, but we lost our university photographer. We've lost some of the resources that we had because of budget cuts. Um, so again, it, it's coming back to me, that experience I'm drawing from being at Carroll, being at an NEI school where I've had to be very diverse in what I'm doing. So you guys have those skills, those NAI, the D2, D3 guys, they have those skills. And now's the time when you're going to have to be able to shine. And then the other part about it is make sure that you're um, managing expectations. Make sure that you're talking to your athletic director. Make sure you're talking to your coaches. You are not going to be able to do the same level of work that you've done in the past. And make sure they know that and that they know what to expect. Um, you're going to do your best. And I know that the quality of work that you guys do is, is very high. So, and your expectations for yourselves are very high. Make, but make sure you're managing expectations for yourself. Make sure you're managing expectations for your coaches, for your AD, uh, for your other staff members, that they know that you're going to do the best you can, but something is probably going to have to come off the chopping board. And maybe talk to them and see what their priorities are and what they want to do or see what they can help out with on their end. So that's, that's my perspective, but I'm, I'm excited to hear what the rest of these guys have to say. Thank you, Jarek. And um, just want to touch on something Jarek mentioned. For those of you that may need help, um, have some dates that you know you're going to need assistance with, or if you're in an area and 
you're willing to be a helper. Um, CoSIDA has created a freelance and help wanted database. If you go to CoSIDA.com under careers and at the bottom of the careers tab, you'll see a freelance and help wanted database. For all CoSIDA members, you can go in and add um, any, any dates that you're going to need help with, what you're going to need help with, and then for anyone that wants to be that person that can help out and assist, um, you can leave your information, what you're willing to help out with, when, what your location would be. And uh, so COSIDA has been great about putting these resources together for, for the membership. So if you're in Jarek's spot, you're looking for that help, go ahead and check that page out. Uh, with that being said, uh, we'll pass it on to Mike Safford. There, hopefully everybody can hear me now. Can you hear me? All right, good. Um, it's, it's fun to be able to talk about this subject uh, for those of you who were with uh, Jeff and I, I think it was in the spring, we kind of talked about a, a similar um, situation when COVID had just started about, you know, you have all this time on your hands. How do you, how do you work? And now, We've had six months where we haven't really, for a lot of us, had many games. And hopefully we've used that opportunity to work ahead. You know, my athletic director, um, when she took the position a couple years ago, charged me with staying at least a full season or sports season ahead in terms of having things prepared. So during the summertime, you're not really working on your fall sports, you're actually working on your winter sports. And when you're in the fall, you're already working on the spring. And when you're in winter, you're already starting to work on football season for, for the next year. And being ahead going into where we were at when everything shut down really helped us out. But now it's like, okay, now you're trying to get prepared for everything at once. Um, one of the things that I really wanna focus on is communication and something that has really benefited us, I think in the Cascade Conference um, and even the Frontier Conference is that we've had a voice in a lot of the scheduling of games for the most part. Um, I know that's not the case in every conference but we voiced our concern early on about, you know, the, the thought that volleyball and soccer and baseball and softball and basketball and lacrosse and football and track meets and cross country meets and tennis matches, golf tournaments are all going to be going on conceivably all at the exact same time. And working with our conference office, you know, and having a, and talking with them and working with our athletic directors, we came up with the thought that we moved our volleyball matches to Thursday, Friday, and Friday being an afternoon game so that it wasn't conflicting with basketball games on Friday, Saturday night. We decided to move our soccer matches that are now being played in the spring instead of Friday, Saturday, or or Friday, Sunday, or Thursday, Saturday, move those to Sunday, Monday, so that those games are now also not conflicting with the other sports. Um, football's still gonna be played on, on a Saturday afternoon, but now you don't have the conflict with soccer going on at the same time as football. And it was great to be able to, you know, put, a, put an ear to the coaches, you know, a voice, put a voice with the, uh, athletic directors and then have a pipeline to our, our commissioner and uh, did a great job. And, and, and it's still, we've got some difficult dates, really difficult dates, but it's not what it conceivably could have been. One thing I would do right now, if I was everyone is make sure you've got your master schedule together. Now, we all know with the way society is right now, I guarantee you come February, it's not gonna look like that. But at least have that master schedule together to know where your difficult days could be. You know, for me, it's 
March 12 and 13. That's, that's going to be the toughest weekend that we have guaranteed. And, you know, I've already got that. And now when you have that master schedule to be able to sit there and figure out what truly can you staff and what truly can't you staff? You know, if I've got three venues going on at the same time, is it conceivable to be able to provide live stats, live video, a broadcast, um, a PA announcer? Are they going to have music at every single venue? It's a big question. You know, is, is it feasible that you're going to be doing your infographs in game for every single one of those sports as they're going on? Do you have the capability to do that? And the first thing I would say is don't bite off more than you can chew. Let people know that, hey, this is, in, this is difficult times. You can't expect, especially at the smaller school level, to have all the bells and whistles that you typically would have for a normal standalone basketball or softball game going on when you've got three, four, five events going on at the exact same time. And people can expect that, oh my gosh, you know, you're, you, you don't like softball, you don't like lacrosse, or you don't like uh, men's basketball, you know, you're, you can't, you can't, you've got to be able to provide what is necessary, you know, and learn from the, find out, you know, working with your conference office, your national office, what's, what is necessary. I mean, game stats are necessary. You know, if you have fans, you know, you're probably going to need an a PA announcer. If you don't have fans, you probably will want to somehow get a game streamed, may not have a broadcaster because that'll allow people to be able to, to, to view the game. You know, we've gone out and purchased a new camera. So now we have three setups where we could actually have three broadcasts going on, on at once. They may not all have, you know, a score bug at the bottom line, but hey, at least they're going to be able to uh, watch the game. And along with that, once you have that master schedule together, work on staffing and figure out, uh, Jarek, I think, hit the nail on the head when he talked about, you know, you may have to go to unorthodox measures and folks to be able to execute what we need to do. You know, for me, I'm blessed that uh, our, our good buddy, Danny Campbell, uh, has moved from Pacific University, now lives in the Boise area, and he's a guy who I could call out of the bullpen in a pinch to be able to uh, go and, uh, and stat a baseball game or a lacrosse match or something like that if we have to come out with, you know, three or four different venues going on at once. But come away because a lot of times, in, especially in our small schools, the same people work a volleyball game, the same people work a basketball game or a football game, and if you've got both going on, now you're down a person in that position. And if so, and if you've got unfamiliar people working, you now have to plan practice events and stuff to be able to get them up to par for when they need to be able to work. Um, two things I'll end with before we send it to Jeff. Number one, know what you can do, know what your limitations are, know what you're capable of. Don't kill yourself over this. It's not worth it. Try to do what you can to give the best product to your fans, to your students, to your alumni, but in the same sense, hopefully their understanding of the fact that, you know, you can't do everything. And lastly, be positive. You know, it, there's going to be some weekends that are just horrible, but you know what? Try to stay positive through it. Thank the people that are working because, you know, hopefully somewhere down the road, life will be normal again and we'll be able to, you know, have everything spread out through the fall, the winter and spring, and life will be uh, normal. So thanks, guys. Appreciate everybody hopping aboard and excited to hear what everybody else has to say. Thank you, Mike. And I uh, just want to second what you said there at the end that, uh, you know, this is going to be a trying time, I think, for all of us. And um, it's going to be more important than ever, I think, to make sure that you're doing, taking care of yourself. Um, and like you said, not not killing yourself to get the work done and knowing your limitations. That was that was really good there, Seth. And um, our last presenter before we open it up to everyone will be uh, Jeff Mountain out of Vanguard. So Jeff, take it away. Hey guys, um, uh, love what uh, Jarek and, and Seth had said so far. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of what we're doing here at Vanguard, and I'd like to put out the disclaimer before I say any of what I'm about to say that. We are in Orange County, California. Um, a great game for us is 200 fans. 
Um, and we probably get a member of the media once a season for basketball and probably nothing else. Um, so what, what I'm about to say is, is in that regard. So I'm sure there's some of you that are still in small town life and you get a lot of coverage and you get a lot of stuff. So you're going to have to still push forward with your game notes and all that stuff. I respect that. I wish I had that problem. Um, but one of the things we're doing here is, um, we've made the decision. We're not going to be allowed to have fans until like 2025 out here in California. It's, it's bonkers out here, but, um, what we're doing is we, we're not doing any sort of game program. We're not worrying about it. We're not even going to make it and put it on the website because part of our philosophy is if you can get onto our website, you can already see our roster. You don't need us to show you the roster. Um, so what we've done is we've created um, some Instagram story templates um, that we'll do about a one to three slide uh, type thing where we can break down hey, you know, we're playing our rival last 10 games, you know, it's five and five combined scores or, hey, so-and-so is on the verge of breaking a, a school record or something like that. So that the one to three biggest nuggets are getting out there. And it's also announcing um, the games. And um, another reason we're doing that is um, we've made a pretty big effort here in our, um, on our Instagrams for them to be just photos um, you know, we don't, I would never make a graphic for my own Instagram account. So I, I kept that same philosophy rolling through to our Vanguard account. Um, but one of the drawbacks of that is that we needed a lot of images to pull that off. Um, and so one of the areas we're looking to cut back on is just the number of images we're doing. So that's another reason we kind of slid over from Instagram posts to, you know, more of a graphic um, Instagram story slides so that we limit the number of pictures we'll need. Um, we don't like using the same photo more than a couple times, you know, and, and we don't want to use it on the same medium or any of that kind of stuff. So um, that's the first thing. Sorry, my phone fell asleep, so I need to pull up. Um, yeah, and then so what SAF did is luckily um, we do out here in the GSAC, we have a representative from the SI departments um, on our AD council. So we were able to move all of our games. I mean, to be honest with you guys, I'm not going to have any bad weekends because we're blessed out here of, you know, if, if, uh, if my baseball team's at home, that means my softball team's going to be on the road. And, you know, the worst that's going to happen is, you know, a couple non-conference things in baseball, softball, which, you know, we know is kind of the easiest double headers to run since it just requires so few people and they're a lot slower and it's easier to manipulate the stats after the fact, as opposed to, you know, ball, uh, volleyball and football going on at the same time would be a really difficult one. Um, so, but yeah, I would definitely, um, like they said, uh, try to identify your heavy days and um, get ahead of telling your coaches which ones those are um, so that they're aware, um, you know, and then kind of what Saf was saying of, you know, you might not be able to do everything um, all at once for your, for your game. So um, I have two suggestions on that is um, one, um, make sure you're keeping a calendar um, in advance of what games you're going to have to limit. Um, so if you say, okay, cool. So this week, um, softball is going to get the short end of the stick because we're going to choose football. Make sure that you're noting when you're going to give softball the premium slot and you're going to give someone else the short end of the stick. So that if you're 80 or your coaches come to you and say, hey, my, my kids are saying that, the, you know, you don't, you don't love us and that we're at the bottom of the totem pole, you can actually go, well, okay, on, on March 3rd, you're actually going to get the prime slot and you can use it to, to market it. We did something, you know, when, when Snapchat was first becoming a thing and we were getting pressure to do a Snapchat, we, we pivoted and used Instagram stories and, and did a game of the week where we gave everyone love and, you know, the kids had access through it through the day and we did live stuff in there. And that was kind of one of those things we did. So maybe taking a, um, a negative of that, hey, we got three games going on at once, turn it into a positive where you're going to choose to market um, a game of the week, you know, because it might be that week where, uh, you know, softball's at home three times, um, but then, uh, you know, your men's volleyball team or whatever is playing at the same time. And it's their only home game for, you know, three or four weeks there because of how the schedule breaks, like show your men's volleyball team the love, give them the game of the week, you know, because you can, you know, you can get softball the previous week or the week after that. So, you know, turning a, um, a negative into a positive, um, I would uh, also encourage you guys to um, 
find some students who can write recaps for you. Um, what I've found is really good is to have a student write a recap and then um, it's not going to be perfect in the beginning, but you can add some things uh, and you can tweak it and um, spending some time with them for a couple weeks is going to be a blessing. Um, you know, I've gotten it to the point where on some of those days where we have, you know, four or five games with road games, home games, I'm not writing a single one and we're just having students on our event staff write them. Um, and then we're proofing them and getting them up, you know, kind of the same thing is you can't be perfect doing five stories as you can if you just have one home game. And then along those same lines, I would use the fall right now to try and train everyone up a spot. So um, in our athletic department, we, we have a pretty, you know, decent hierarchy of, you know, the trust I have in student workers and, and who can work multiple positions and stuff like that, you know, and so we have kind of a, a head honcho so to say, within our within our department that everyone knows to go to. And we're focusing on trying to move everyone up a spot, which is essentially a way of getting two student leads out of it um, where they can run stuff. You know, that's that's how we survived out here um, as a one man shop before my my boy Michael got here. Um, you know, when we had baseball, softball, I just I would put my whole best crew at one field um, with our most experienced coach. And then I would take the other field with, um, you know, lesser uh, individuals and, you know, coach it and just try and balance it through. Um, so try and get that as well. Um, so that you're putting people in the best position. Um, another thing is um, I've had discussions with my AD and he, he and he's suggesting that communications can be so key this week. Uh, I mean, this year of, of whether that's sending out a weekly email to all of your coaches to let them know hey, here's what's actually going on, on on campus this week and, you know, give them a little bit of the reasoning on the front end of, hey, you know, I'm just letting you know, um, we're going to be short staffed at your game, so we won't have play by play for that. Um, our apologies, you know, kind of doing some of that stuff um, on the front end, um, rather than just assuming that they know um, why, you know, why, why something's not normal, um, you know, because we can, we can tell them until we're blue in the face going in, but you know, that way we can remind them on game day when, when they're freaking out a little bit because, you know, something's different and we have to do a COVID measure of, you know, being on a certain bench or something like that. Um, and then uh, another thing is um, try and go ahead and figure out how you can save your department money. Um, I know a lot of our budgets have been cut, um, but make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're willing to give something up in one area of, Hey, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to pay for my score bots this year. Um, that's not necessary um, so that you do have um, flexibility to, Hey, we're going to have to hire out this person for this weekend, or I'm going to need this or more than ever, I'm going to need to be able to, to pay someone to come in and do play by play and broadcasting or those things. Um, and then on the game management side of this, um, anyone knows I'm actually more of a game management guy at heart than uh, a sports info guy. Uh, Zach knows that for sure. Um, one of the things I would do is um, I would set up every one of your venues this fall as, as if it was a game day. I would identify that with your with your staff or whatever. You know, you might not be able to pay students, but, you know, uh, you can go out there with your office mates and stuff, set everything up from every easy up to every cord, plug it in, test it, make sure you know, you, you're, you're, you football guys that you're, you know, your umpire mic works from X number of feet away and all that so that you don't have to worry about that and that's taken care of and that, that way you, you get yourself time to, to fix anything um, that needs to be fixed, you know, and as well as you can figure out, hey, you know, normally um, we're, we're able to share cords from, uh, I can pull stuff from a, a soccer setup and I, I use that during the baseball season, um, you know, because I don't, want to, you know, buy multiple um, extension cords or um, sockets and, and plugs and mic cords and that kind of stuff. But I think more than ever this year, um, if you can spend a little bit of money um, to make your life easier, you know, have different storage systems for each sport. So that way you always know it's there and you're not having to worry about, oh, oh, crap, we, we, we took that inside for a volleyball game. The next day it's, you're back outside. And, and that way you're, you know, you're saving yourself a little bit of, of headache and you know the time you know all of our time is valuable and so even if it's a you know 15 20 extension cord you know for the amount of use we're going to get out of it for this year um, it'll definitely help it'll definitely eliminate some of the headaches um, you know and then 
look into um we don't really have press boxes so everything out here is set up tear down you know so we're looking into to ways to um make that more efficient of you know whether we need to look into you know weather type boxes where you can leave stuff just right there and you might have to you know pop it up and pop it down every day but you're not having to drag it back into the gym or back up into your office um you know to to do those things and just to be efficient try and figure out ways to get stuff on carts on wheels all that kind of stuff pre-mounted um any of that kind of stuff to make your life easier with the amount of games we're doing um and then my last thing is is, is talk to your gym coaches and figure out what days you can leave your gym set up. You know, if you have a, if you have volleyball Thursday and you have basketball Friday, Saturday, uh, you know, get with your AD and tell them, Hey, we're, we're, I'm not, I'm not taking down these chairs. I'm not taking down my press box. I mean, yeah, I might, I might take the computer out of the way so it doesn't get hit by a rebound or something like that, but we're not folding the table down. We're not putting it away. And, and, you know, they might have to use just four baskets for that practice, but I've, you know, had some uh, honest discussions with my coaches over the years and, and eliminated some of those things and, and let them know ahead of time uh, when those are going to happen. So that, you know, they might need to, to switch a practice from Wednesday to Thursday of how they're going to do stuff um, just to be able to, to go around those things and then um, invite them into it of, uh, you know, we have it too, where they agree to it. And then the next day are like, oh, we actually want to do this. And then I, you know, you've had that discussion where if they move it, they have to put it back, you know, and so they, they reset up the chairs and stuff like that. So um, not sure how many of you guys know about the pit out here, but it is a, it is an intimate atmosphere. Um, so the, uh, the setup out here and everything is, is really tight. Um, so that's, you know, some of the specific things that we run into out here, but um, been fun talking to you guys and I'm going to turn this back over to uh to Mr. Madonna over there. Thanks Jeff and if anyone if anyone ever wants to reach out to Jeff privately I'm sure he'll gladly show you his pre-game uh, box kits that he has it's pretty it's a pretty impressive setup that he has out there each sport kind of has its own little what do you call that just a container that you buy from Home Depot there Jeff and like he was saying, all the essentials you would need for, for an event. So instead of day of game, sitting there saying, all right, what do we need? It's a grab and go. You can, you can have your fifth student worker go into your office and grab the bin that you need for a given sport. Um, that was really good. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, Zach, for, can, for those I, can I? Yeah, go ahead, Jerry. So two things I took away from, from Jeff there that I thought were really important was, you know, he talked about documenting when you're going to have days that are you're going to be behind or going to be tight days and when you're going to um, highlight different teams compared to others if, if you've got multiple things going on what I would say is also I, I just document everything we all know where we're at budget wise in college athletics and I don't think it's going to get better next year I mean I, it hopefully will get a little bit better but I think we're three or four years away from kind of getting back to a full recovery and ADs are going to make tough decisions and they're going to have to, they're going to have to cut positions and do things and make sure they know that everything that you're doing and they don't, so they don't get to a position where they decide to cut your position and try to do it with assistant coaches or whatever else, make sure they know how valuable you are. And that comes to documenting everything and writing everything down. The second thing I remember he talked about uh, having students do, recaps uh something that i've seen a lot when you're when you're very limited in your resources is just like you would template out uh, a graphic for photoshop to put on twitter you could template out um your recap and have a template when, when we did uh, a frontier conference meeting when we were when i was at carroll uh, one thing that uh saf and i did was we talked about writing and how important it is and having that recap on your site and i provided a template uh, for those sids and so a place like MSU Northern, where they definitely don't have a full-time SID and didn't at the time, it was an assistant basketball coach, but she can write, she could write three paragraphs and put them into this template and, and, and to make it easy. So if you have students that are doing these recaps or you have people that aren't experienced doing recaps, if you do a, a, a template with five bullet points and they have to write a paragraph on each bullet point, it makes things a lot easier. So those are two things that I took away from Jeff and things that I remembered. Yeah, that's great, Jarek. And something we do here at Madonna that I started, I think, two years ago now is we've gone to a bullet point type setup and we use Google Drive for everything in the SID office. So if I'm at home, if I'm on the road 
and I, we have a home game or I have a student writing a story, they can write in Google Drive and I can sit there and I can live edit what they're writing. I can add in comments to kind of show them, hey, here's your story, here's what I changed, here's why I made the changes I did. And then I just make a copy, get rid of my comments, I can post it to the website, but the copy's still there for the student to go back and they can take the time and read my comments without me having to take time the next day or the two days later to sit down and go over everything that I might have changed. I can just leave a running comment in the Google Drive and they can kind of learn themselves. Um, so that's and the that's other thing that's nice. Sorry, Zach. Uh, the other thing that'd be nice is to to write a recap. The student doesn't have to be there. I mean, so if you have a if you're in a position where students aren't able to come to campus and you won't have a work study, I mean, you can focus on other stuff while they are sitting. They could be sitting in Australia and write a recap if they were able to watch the game or even just look at the box score. No, that's great. Um, you know, Patty Constantine had a had a question about how how do you feel about trying to live stream two to three games at the same time? For example, having play by play do basketball, then have uh, video feeds for soccer and volleyball. And Saf, I know you guys do multiple broadcasts. Um, you know, how would you kind of handle that situation? Well, the the biggest thing is to, <clears throat> and it's it sounds bad. But you have to go in and figure out, especially because ours is pay-per-view, which is the broadcast that's going to make the most money, you know, and, and the one that makes the most money or has the most subscriptions, that's the one you're going to put the most of the time and effort on. If you've got, you know, we, you know, not to dog our softball team, but most of our softball parents and stuff are local. And, and, you know, this could change this year with, you know, the, the limitations on fans and that sort of thing. But, you know, we'd run softball stream and we'd have two people watch it. It's not worth it if, you know, to spend all the time and effort, make sure you have an announcer and this and that, if only two people are watching it and you make five, bu five bucks. So you got to sit there and look at that ahead of time. And, and that's part of the game planning, I think, is to know okay, which sports can you get away with? You know, if, if, it, if it's soccer, you know, you, you got to make sure that, you know, you've got sound so people can hear what's going on. You got to instruct the person if you don't have a scorebot or, or if you don't have um, Wirecast to be able to show the scoreboard so people know what's going on. And you got to tell whoever's doing the camera to shut their mouth because you don't want them sitting there carrying on a conversation with someone next to the camera that, oh my gosh, everybody in the world now knows that your boyfriend cheated on you. So, um, you know, you, you got to make sure about that. Uh, but, you know, the, I think I think video is going to be so huge with the potential of fan limitations uh, this winter and this fall or the spring that, you know, we need to figure out ways to be able to um, get the product out to the fans in the best, best shape that we can. Well, that's great. I remember <laughs> being at, at uh, outdoor track in, uh, in Gulf Shores a few years ago. And there was one girl that was running a camera and I, I think they were just a local girl that they hired and she was talking about how she just got out of jail and, and all this stuff. And she was sitting there running the camera and everybody could hear. And I'm like, what are you doing? No, definitely. There are, there have been, I think we all have our own horror stories of someone talking on a live broadcast and saying things they shouldn't. But, uh, you know, Patty, one thing we're going to do at Madonna, we've got, We've got three broadcast type cameras, and then we've got um, two Sony handheld cameras. And so we do have a day when we've got four sites that'll be going at one time. So our plan right now is we're gonna put our best foot forward into one of those events. And then the other three sites are just gonna have video with whatever the, the live audio might be from the game. and. Um, you know, I think what Jeff said before, documenting that, talking to your coaches ahead of time, informing them like, hey, here's how the setup's gonna be this week. Here's why it's gonna be this way. Like, here you go. And I think that that can help alleviate some of those issues because they can even talk to their student athletes and let, hey, let your parents know, like there isn't gonna be an announcer for this game. Like the score bug might not be up for this game. 
um, but getting ahead of that. Uh, Nick asked you put in the comments um, as far as writing goes, you know, if you're writing without being at the game, coach quotes can be very valuable for context. Um, so getting a routine with a coach to where they can call and leave a voicemail or send you a text thoughts after every game. That's great advice, Nick. I know for us here at Madonna, um, we like to have our coaches just send us, you know, hey, send us a quick text message once you get on the bus. Just, you know, highlights that you might have seen that may not be in stats. I know for for us, for soccer, it's the most important just because we play a lot of one, two goal games. And, you know, there's not much to write about in a soccer story if there's one or two goals being scored. So um, kind of getting that context from coach who played well, maybe what are some big moments? You know, maybe there's a big save. Well, in your in your stats, they may not say big save in the comments for you. So you'd have to get that from your coach. Um, you know, I'd love exactly. to open it up. Zach, really, really quick on that. Since yes, you're kind of opening up. Yeah. Uh, you can also, uh, with some of that stuff, instead of like asking for them to send you a voicemail or send you a text, uh, something that uh, kind of piqued my interest whenever um, uh, he put that in the, in the comments uh, when Nick did that was uh, if there's a student, uh, maybe an assistant coach um, or even one of the players that you can trust and say, Hey, take your phone. I mean, all of our iPhones these days shoot 4K 60 frames a second and just do a quick interview there with the coach and just ask him a few questions about the game. Obviously, they know what happened in the game so they can ask some of the, the good questions and then you can they can either text it to you or whatever, send you the, the video or just give them access to post it to their team account and then uh, just tag that within the story. Um, and, and make your quotes from that if you want to. Um, just another way to get content on social media as well is uh, you get the video, then you can also take that, embed it in your story or, or link it in your story or, or even just uh, type out the quotes from that. So uh, it's a good idea from Nick. Obviously, those are very important. And, and utilizing the video section, I think, would be really good um, as well with that. No, that's that's great. And I think that's, that's going to the next level there, Jordan. And like you said, with – technology these days, we might as well take advantage of it and use it while we can. Um, I mean, I'd love to open it up and we've got some some great SIDs on this call. Just if you got to hit the raise your hand button um, and then I can call on you or if you want to just put something in the chat, we can call on you just to, so we don't have people talking over each other. But I'd love to hear what y'all are doing this spring, maybe any ideas you have, maybe something somebody said sparked your interest or some stuff you already do that as you prepared for, for this spring? I'll ask another question since I'm already here. Um, what, what are some, Jarek and Jeff, and I know uh, Mike just stepped away, but what are, what are some uh, things that you're doing for like the basketball scores table, so to speak? Like, are you having to social distance everybody? How are you setting that up? Uh, that's something actually we were dealing with today and all the way up to about 155 here Eastern time for me dealing with some of that. Uh, but uh, Jarek, I'll ask you, what are, what are y'all handling for distancing at your basketball scores table and stuff like that? So, I mean, we're going to be in a little bit of a different position than you guys are obviously. Um, but I think there's some things that we can take away first. I mean, you gotta, you gotta figure out what your state rules are going to be and they're going to vary state to state and they're going to be a lot of different state to state. Um, I think, what we've determined at this point, and this is probably going to change before we start November 25th, but that if you're, you can be within six feet if you're, if you're masked up. And so, uh, but we're still trying to space everybody out. We're going to have no SIDs on, on row. We're not going to have any radio on the row. Um, so it's literally going to be our, our score, like our clock and scores, uh, our PA, uh, our music because he we want him next to the PA and then uh, stats and and replay and that's really it for us uh, some of you guys are in different positions uh, where you're not gonna have replay we're gonna have uh, our radio is gonna be on the opposite side of the court and then we're gonna move a lot of people up to the concourse our, our press is gonna be in the concourse um, our uh, we're gonna have 
everybody that we can pretty much in the concourse. TV will probably be in the concourse. Um, we're trying to determine whether we're going to do TV up high or down low. We do have a really good men's basketball team, and we do have a really good um, contract with, with ESPN and some of the other things. And so we think we're going to be on some linear broadcasts. And right now, a lot of those linear broadcasts are doing remote for their for their commentators so we have the expectation that that's going to happen a little bit but we'll just we're gonna have to play game by game uh, we've talked about uh doing shields but then you get into um like a plexiglass shield but then you get to the point where then you've got a sheet of plexiglass that can be ran into by a player and you you know you'd have to put some sort of padding on that but then you so then you have padding in, in your um you know, your line of sight. So um, I think right now, because of where we're at with Iowa, is that we're just going to have everybody masked up. And, you know, we, we do expect to have about 25% of fans um, at this point. Again, this all could change. Um, and then at football, we're probably, because we're, we're in a press box, we're going to do the shields between, between people um, because it is going to be tied up there. And it, a team like North Dakota state would want to bring a second broadcast crew in and we're going to ask them not to. Uh, so there's, a, there's a lot of just moving parts on that. It's, it's really going to be what you have for facilities, do the best you can to distance and, and pay attention to your state laws. Cause they're going to be different from even County to County, city to city. Jordan, what we're doing out here. And I, I think it's a fair assumption to say California is going to be the strictest place on all this short of maybe Hawaii. Um, we have either two plans of attack. One is either uh, our entire press row is going to be opposite of the benches and the benches are going to be independent or we're going to keep our um, scores table on the same side as our home team and put the visiting teams on the opposite side. We're not going to have any fans. So um, our, our gyms can be completely empty. So we're, we're thinking about moving the visiting team to the kind of caddy corner. Um, but we have to, um, uh, that decision, we're running that by our, our commissioner with um, how um, uh, thoughts on officials and stuff like that and whether um, they'll, they'll do that with, you know, uh, wh whether that would work with their traditional, you know, um, three-man rotations in, in, in basketball. Um, other than that, I mean, in volleyball, that there really wouldn't be an issue. Um, we're mandating that uh, volleyball team in our conference, volleyball teams are not switching sides of the net. Uh, I'm sure that's pretty standard for everyone out there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're also taking just folks that don't need to be there um, kind of out. Um, I traditionally have, you know, my student who's, who's writing a recap, they'll sit on the end so they can just be there and kind of get in the flow of the game and not get distracted. We're moving them up upstairs into bleachers and stuff like that if they're even there um versus being online so um yeah we'll we'll probably have people in masks and and we'll have to go through some cleaning procedures and wiping down benches between games and stuff like that but um yeah i would uh, i know jordan you guys have a, a a bunch bigger gym and setup out there and i'm not sure if you're gonna have fans but maybe even just pulling that all to the other side and then adding some six foot tables to um your uh your your uh your setup there so you can just get maybe max two people at a six foot table would be pretty good for you guys so for us we've got um we've got four full scores table and kind of our plan is a lot like what jarek was saying um trying to space out that group we're going to move all the press to our uh, mezzanine level um we're going to move um, probably our visiting radio. There's usually only two groups that come in. We'll probably move those to the mezzanine level if need be um, so that we can space out the whole table um, so that there's room. Um, the, the one, you know, concern for basketball is just making sure that the official scorer is always close enough to the benches and such like that because they're the ones who are having to track all the substitutions and things of that nature which is you know is you know even though our stats in this are important you know basketball is the one sport where you know it's whatever's written down in that book is what goes um so um, that's kind of our game plan with that football is going to be a little bit more difficult um because 
our we our our press box is big, but it's all one room. Um, we're going to be playing early spring, so temperatures are going to be cold, and we're going to mandate that every window has to remain open. So it'll end up being an open air press box when it's you know 25 degrees outside, but that's just that's just the way it, it's it's going to be. Um, the other thing that we're planning to do is any of our game day workers that are working the table, the press box are going to be part of our testing bubble. And so those folks will have to be when once we determine how we can do the testing protocol, they'll be part of that testing protocol before said game, just to make sure that they're clear before we uh, are in close proximity to the student athletes. Hey, Mike Gerard here. I'd like to mention one thing that we did last year was we bought uh, headsets for my stats, statisticians. And this year we're taking, we have a big press row, so I'm lucky enough to be able to spread them out. But that way they can still talk, especially with volleyball and basketball. So I've got uh, four different headsets for my stat crews just because they're going to be separated. And, and that way they can communicate and we can stay on top of, of stats. Mike, are you able to... I don't know if you might have a link to that or some info on that that you might be able to put in the chat before we end here, just uh, if people want to click and maybe look into that a little bit more about what you have and do you sure. have a delay on any of those or anything like that? Uh, there's the, the headset I bought is there's a master headset for the guy at the computer and then there's three headsets for everybody else that's on press row and so um, my my scoreboard operator was the guy I chose to have the, the other headset just so he was in the mix and didn't miss anything. So, but yeah, I'll send that link on the chat. Yeah. A cheap alternative on that is, is getting just a, a, your phone with a, with an earbud and, and doing a, either a Facebook call or a call on one, on an app and just, you know, have your phones plugged in and you can pretty much just have a phone call between the two with the, with the earbud in and you can, you know, hear a little bit better if things happen like that. Awesome. We had uh, we had a question from Ryan a couple minutes ago. Um, what is your best advice on making inroads with administration and allowing the sports informa information department a voice in the decision room regarding scheduling, general direction of athletics, et cetera? The, the department's been traditionally an afterthought and changing the culture has been challenging. Um, I don't know, Sap or Jarek or Jeff, if you guys have run into that issue anywhere you guys have been. I definitely can attest when uh, years and years and years and years ago, um, when I was at uh, Evergreen State, this was back in the late 90s, and the PR side of things was completely an afterthought. You know, it's a non-traditional school um, and had just really started uh, increasing its athletics at the time. And, you know, having any kind of say of what was going on was a complete afterthought. And, and I worked with the athletic director at the time to try to uh, get more of a voice and allow us to do the things that we did. And we, and we made some ground and since I've been at C of I the last uh, uh, 20 years, um, I've uh, two things that have been helpful is one, we've got a lot of coaches that are alums, which, and they've had some longevity. So they've been there pretty much the whole time I've been there. And we've got such a rapport that, you know, you can sit there, you know, the coaches will call me and say, all right, what do we, when do we want the game times? You know, our soccer coach did that last week, said, hey, we got to set up game times. When do we want to do it? You know, so you have that the way it is at every school. Um, but uh, to have that rapport with the coaches, to be able to uh, talk with them about, hey, you know, this day or that day, especially if it's non-conference scheduling, um, so that they're not just overloading you with a certain date. The other thing is also work with the conference office. And hopefully the conference commissioner or associate commissioner or whomever that works on schedules has a, has a thought about the trainers and the SIs in the back of their minds too. Because, you know, as, as difficult as it is for all of us, you know, for a lot of the schools that have one trainer, and if you have four events going on and there's two major injuries at two different venues, what the heck's going to happen? You know, then, so, you know, for, 
we're blessed to have four trainers because we have football, but before we had football, we had just one. And so we had to make some concessions to try if we had multiple events, how do we staff it? So, you know, it's not just us that they should be looking at it. It's, it's also the, uh, the CATs as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, one, one thing to do would just be, I would uh, figure out what, what your biggest concern is because um it's tough to answer the question because it, it, scheduling would, I would answer that differently than, you know, the general direction of the athletic department. Um, that one would be a little tougher to uh, voice, honestly, without um, just having some really deep, uh, honest conversations that, you know, would be able to be done healthy. Um, and scheduling, um, if your conference does not have a member of your um, ATs and SIDs on your uh, AD council meetings, uh, I'd definitely push for that. That's something we have out here in the GSAC. I'm sure there's some out there over the country. So as the you know, ADs are, are talking about a three-game series versus a four-game series for baseball, um, we're, we're able to step up into that. You know, We're non-voting members, but we're able to step up into that. Um, and then one thing we've done here um, when our when our new athletic director took over is he he made a master document online um, for uh, and that's how coaches submitted their games um, and so that it you know from the beginning they can see oh no there's another game scheduled this time and then you know we start having those discussions about game times and stuff you know six, seven months in advance and, and before it's already locked in, before the umpires are booked, before they've confirmed it with the other team, you know, so that uh, the coaches are, are traditionally more uh, willing to help on that. And then, yeah, just uh, one of the things that, you know, as I enter my sixth year here, so kind of like what Saf said is, it's just uh, as longevity happens, your, your coaches become more willing to talk to you about stuff. You know, I had, I had a coach um, talk to me once and wanted to play a four o'clock game and I said, hey, actually, the best thing for you to do would be play at like 11 a.m. because of X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Didn't even know that, but that's awesome. You know, and I think it was that we had moving day going on at something or something like that. So, you know, we, we wanted to clear out the parking lots. But, um, yeah. And that, that headset system's cool. I wish I had money to buy that. That's awesome. Uh, just on my end, I, I went from being at an NAI school where I was essentially like the number two guy in the athletic department um, when it come to decisions and I was in the room for everything to being way down the totem pole at a division one school. So um, I'm in that process now, like Jeff said, when, and, and Saf said, the longer you're out of place, the more inroads you can make. And um, if you continue to do good work and, and provide uh, valuable feedback, um, you are going to continue to become more valuable to your department. And I think over the last, I think, especially the last six months as things have happened, I think um, my opinion has been more and more valued. So I'm not in a position where I'm in the room on when those decisions are made, but I, I'm continue to voice my opinion and, and make things clear that what's going to work and what won't work and when I need help and when I uh, need somebody to listen to me. So uh, don't be afraid to stand on your soapbox um, also, but sometimes you just have to take what they give you and, and figure it out. And I think once they, they see uh, your, your administrator, see that you're in a position where you're going to do everything you can when they ask you to do it, but sometimes you need to tell them that that's not going to work. Um, and they understand that you're not going to say that unless you absolutely know it's not going to work. I think that the, the, you build that level of trust. They're going to, they're going to like that and they're going to give you more of an input. That's great guys. And uh, I really want to thank everyone for their, for their time today, just to be respectful of everyone's time. We're at about an hour now, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up, but I encourage everybody, if you're not on the, the Facebook pages that are set up for SIDs, there's plenty of them out there. Go out and get involved, have these conversations off offline, talk with your colleagues from, not only your conference, but um, in the state, within your region, um, share ideas. I think uh, this year more than ever is gonna be a year when we need to all come together really as a, as a group um, and help each other out and share ideas. Um, Tyler went ahead and posted how you can use the game day feature on Sidearm um, for, to replace some game day programs. 
Sidearm and Presto both have some great features. Um, I know all the website providers are working on things to help us out um, this spring. So, you know, talk to your providers, see what they can do for you. Um, talk with your other SIDs and uh, please share with one another and we can all get through this together. Um, in closing, we want to just, again, thank everyone for joining today's informative session and a big thanks to our presenters, Jeff, Jarek, and Mike for the discussion and insights. A reminder that you can find this webinar on demand later this afternoon on CoSIDA.com and on CoSIDA's YouTube channel. All the links to this, all the links will be on the CoSIDA.com website and all the on-demand options are free of charge. Next up in the CoSIDA webinar series is a webinar in two days on Thursday during the live webinar, Critical Conversation, Crafting and Communicating the Message of a University Diversity Plan from COSIDA's Race and Social Justice Initiative. The time is 2 p.m. Eastern. NEI CIDA will return with the Teachable Tuesday webinar on November 10th on communicating with ADs, coaches, and student athletes on the challenges the spring semester will bring while potentially having sporting events every day of the week. Again, thank you guys for joining us today and uh, look forward to seeing you guys all on Thursday. Go Vanguard. <laughs>